Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. You will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. Hello, everybody. We have a great show for you today. Um, I'm here with Bob and Justin. Guys, good morning. Hey, Ben. Hello. We're recording on the Friday. Uh, we have thus far just avoided a nuclear meltdown in Ukraine after the Russians have attacked a nuclear plant because, hey, why not um, uh, destroy mainland Europe for fun? Not just, not just attacked, it set it on fire. Set it on fire, right. That, so was, a, that we, was a training facility outside the uh, perimeter of the actual reactor, uh, that, that fire, I think. Right. Good Lord. But we, uh, thus far, we've avoided that. We're going to be talking mm-hmm. about this. We're going to be talking about what is Vladimir Putin's strategy here. What is his end game? Are we being effective? Is the West acting in a kind of coherent, unified, meaningful way uh, to combat this aggression in Ukraine? Uh, we're going to look at the criticism of Biden from both the left and the right. And mm-hmm. we have our both sides segment where we discuss. Well, basically, we, it's a segment where we highlight how insane the Republicans are and prove definitively that there are not both sides to an argument. And then we have a special members section for you today where uh, you're going to hear some stories from me about the time, the many times I went on a Russian propaganda outlet. <laughs> so brave of you. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much every week. Pretty much every week for a couple of years until I sort of figured out what was going on. But we'll talk about Comrade that. Comrade Cohen. Yeah, Comrade <laughs> We can talk about that. And we also have our pre-show show, which is going to go in the member section. We've just been chatting for about 10 minutes. Uh, Bob went on a great um, a great rant. Uh, so you're going to want to hear that. So you, you can hear that in the members section. Um, but yes, okay, guys. Um, yeah, it's not looking great in Ukraine right now. No. No, no. It's a, yeah, yeah. This is the other shoe that I was afraid was going to drop that, uh, you know, it was suddenly going to get serious. We had about a week there where it seemed like uh, the Ukrainians held the initiative and the Russians were basically stuck in a quagmire, literally speaking, where, you know, you had Russian tanks and other armored vehicles uh, stuck in the mud, et cetera. Uh, Russian soldiers abandoning their heavy artillery and uh, certainly the, their tanks as well. We've seen TikTok videos of uh, Ukrainian citizens basically absconding off with tanks, you know, showing their viewers on TikTok how to operate a Russian tank. And it seemed like, mm-hmm. in spite of the uh, loss of life on the Ukrainian side, that uh, that Vladimir Putin was getting pantsed in Ukraine. Well, now he continues to move forward. He continues to move toward uh, Kiev. He continues to uh, take over uh, large swaths of land and in, in south and uh, in the eastern sections of uh, Ukraine. And so it's uh, not as rosy as it used to be. And 
my hope is that, and this also applies to the rant that you were talking about, Ben, but my hope at this point is that sanctions will continue to tighten the noose around uh, Vladimir Putin's neck and th- that he may eventually be deposed because of that. Uh, you know, I mean, money talks quite a bit. And if you've got uh, oligarchs who basically run Russia, including Vladimir Putin, uh, suddenly uh, financially disabled, uh, their patience is going to be very, very thin for that in an ongoing way. And so uh, it's either Vladimir Putin withdraws and takes what he can in, in the process, maybe little bits of uh, the eastern portion of Ukraine and then uh, gives up. I mean, maybe that's a possibility. But, uh, you know, we have to let the sanctions work. We have to let uh, more sanctions be applied and uh, continue to contain them that way. A military solution uh, by NATO or by a, a Western international coalition would be an absolute nightmare. And you can hear why <laughs> in the members <laughs> section yeah, or see, whatever the pre-show even, was that we recorded. Yeah. I don't even have that rosy of an outlook at this point. Could, if, if, if Putin had managed to get in there and taken the country the way he originally had anticipated, mm. then maybe... The sanctions could have convinced him to cut. uh, Okay, I've got the eastern part of the country that I wanted, and now I can walk away because you know I got what I wanted. I didn't take much losses. You know, I got to show everyone how strong I am, and I walked away with something. But after this last week of, I mean, let's 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 be honest. He's been humiliated by this. You know, the the great Russian army. God, it's. Ask they, they're take, for they've a taken week. a pasting. They have. They've they've taken they've taken a severe. And look, here, here's the thing. And I'm going to offer a slightly different take on it. Right, that that they are the Russians are sustaining heavier losses than I think um, that we know about. Yeah, it's like, insane. Like they, I mean, they get they they have taken massive casualties, huge amounts of casualties, and mm-hmm. and I know that the, the Russians are getting further and further in but they have i follow quite a lot of um military analysts and former generals and and um on on twitter so i'm kind of trying to get it's quite difficult right to get good good um uh, good info and good intel on what's happening but from what a lot of the strategists are talking about what are the military experts are saying is that the russians face serious logistical nightmares heading forward they've already being caught with their pants down and they're getting they're running out of gas they're running out of food they're running out of supplies uh and, and the troops don't really know why they're there yeah as well like he said they were you know they were going on a kind of a, just a sort of a an excursion or something they didn't know they were invading they thought them. it was training exercises training exercises right so and and but bob i do share your assessment that i think it's a matter of time right that i you, if Russia launches an all-out military assault and just keeps going, they can bomb. They will just destroy Ukraine. They will just destroy it. Yeah, yeah um, they will. But they have. There is a ticking. There is a ticking clock, right? They're, they are rushing against their in, economy imploding, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's a very real threat, right? They've they haven't opened the yeah. stock market. The ruble is collapsing. Like the ruble is in free fall. Uh, people can't get money out of the banks. Less than a penny. Um, yeah, like Putin is completely clamped down on on um, mm-hmm. on all dissent. Shut down the last independent media outlet. Uh, 
And bear, so, bear in mind, too, is is an important point when it comes to the sanctions and the efficacy of sanctions. Vladimir Putin can only carry on this war for a limited period of time because it requires money. It requires fuel. Yeah. It requires things to make this invasion actually function outside of the personnel and the machinery and the jets and so on. This is about financing. And if Vladimir Putin no longer has any money to finance his military, then what is he going to do? Well, how can he continue on? This is the idea. This is one of the reasons why I'm pushing it back against the uh, sort of this neo-domino theory that, oh, yeah, Putin is allowed to take Ukraine. Then he's going to take the next country and the next country and the next country. He's not going to he can't afford to do that. You need money. You need to be able to pump billions of dollars into your mm. military infrastructure in order to invade nation after nation after nation. I mean, he's going to have a hard time paying for just what he's doing in Ukraine alone if these sanctions continue to, to tighten around him. So I think we need to, um, as difficult as it is, because, look, I, I would love it. I mean, it would be so satisfying to bomb the fuck out of Putin or whatever. But at the same time, we have to be patient with this because what we're talking about ultimately is the lesson of that movie War Games from that we all grew up with in the 1980s with the Cold War. Uh, th the only solution is not to play. The only solution with Vladimir Putin right now is to not give him a war against NATO, to not give him a war against the United States that would invariably end in a nuclear confrontation where we're talking about thousands of lives lost in Ukraine. Well, it could end up being uh, hundreds of millions, if not a billion lives lost in a nuclear conflict with Russia. So we have mm. to be very careful about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so, so I mean, the, the, a lot of the argument really that, that's happening right now is about the no fly zone over over Ukraine or whether NATO yeah. implements that and and basically all supply. I'm all up for them supplying Ukraine with weapons, right? I think, you know, th th this, once you implement a no-fly zone, this is, no, that's, that's, you're in World War Three. Right, then you yeah. have to shoot down planes and that's direct conflict. Right. Yeah. So I think, you know, th th there's obviously a sort of language going on between, uh, there is a sort of an, like, it's the language of war, right? Um, and I think that supplying Ukraine with, this, uh, you know, with, with weapons, um, with, uh, you know, anti-aircraft missiles and whatever they need and food and uh, th th this i think is 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 okay this is this won't escalate the situation i think the strategy should be from the west this is again like i'm not a military strategist i did study international relations so i'm fairly familiar with how these things go down the history of international relations national relations uh how you know and i'm I, i'm an i'm halfway between like an ideologue and a realist right so I obviously have democratic ideals. I also understand the reality of power. I think that the best case scenario, sadly, is to drag this war out, to help the Ukrainians survive and defend their territory until the Russian economy just implodes. And, yeah, and I think no. that could happen faster than we think. Well, yeah, he's got to be able to, uh, as I said, the economy is going to be further drained by this war effort and uh, the Russian economy. And so and it's a very large country and no one's going to be sending them help. Yeah. And, and Russia's economy was already shitty. 
<laughs> it started from a place of being shitty and it's only going to get shittier. It's about crippling Vladimir Putin's ability to wage war because war requires money. And without money, he can't fight a war. So that's the end game in all of this. Uh, just strip him. I mean, strip him of the ability to pay for all of this crap. And that's going to take a little more time. And there's going to be more loss of life. But you have to compare it to the bigger picture and the loss of life uh, in the, uh, you know, in the off chance we end up in a military confrontation. Um, but again, I, you know, I was kind of shocked to see how many uh, people, how many Democrats, how many lib liberal Democrats are calling for a military intervention without uh, necessarily realizing what they're talking about. It's kind of strange. Right, and yeah, it's, no, you know, it's a bit odd. I'm an expert. You know? I, yeah. Well, know, they're, they're, all, right, they're all done and, being and experts in the pandemic. <laughs> Right now we're now we're e experts in the mil in, in military strategy and in international relations and you know I mean look like mm -hmm. we you know this is what we've been doing for the for our most of our professional lives right is writing about covering politics writing about politics so I feel like we have some I'm I'm willing to talk about this with some degree of um, you know knowledge and expertise not like I was with the pandemic is like one of the scientists saying but I'm like you know. I feel that we have something we have something of value to say here because, you know, we are familiar with the history of Vladimir Putin, the history of international conflict, and it, it is amazing how many people who don't know shit about shit, right, <laughs> are, are, yeah, are yeah. willing to wade in and be like, "Yeah, just get bomb him," and no, right? This no, I mean. Uh on my behalf, I'll just say that, uh, well, I don't consider myself an expert in Russia-Ukrainian relations. I do have extensive background in international relations and military conflict. I mean, this is something that uh, I've been studying both scholastically, uh, academically, and uh, and personally for many, many years. And so I feel like I've got some sense, you know, uh, certainly not to the point of, uh, you know, achieving a PhD or anything like that, but I have some sense in terms of how this shit goes. Uh, you know, all you really need to do is to be a, a student of history to understand how this can escalate and get much, much worse than it is right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, it can, it can get much, much worse. And I do think that we have to be the policy of really trying to contain of containment is the way to go and let like, you know, there, there's a, there's a, idea that you know never let you never try to stop your opponent when he's making a big mistake right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like like it's hard to sort of and i do think that putin has really really screwed this up like he's mm -hmm. what he wildly miscalculated how easy it would be to to to, to take ukraine he did i don't think he predicted that the entire planet would turn against him um you know and the West, there are many, many tools we have in our arsenal to, to, to take to take down the Russian economy. And look, it's going to suck for, 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 for Russians, right? It's going to suck, but I, and I do feel bad for everyday Russians. They're lied to on a daily basis by, by, by prop, state propaganda. Um, and most of them are incredibly poor. And they're going to hit, get, they're going to get hit very, very hard by these, by these sanctions and by the imploding economy. Um, but at some point, they will turn on Putin. This is how it works. This is how it always works, right? There's enough information flowing into Russia for it's not North Korea, 
right? Putin doesn't have that level of control over over the Russian um, Russian society. They're going to turn on him, and the oligarchs will turn on him at some point. If he becomes a threat to their lives and their wealth, yeah, like he won't have many friends left. And mm-hmm. and, I, and you know this this, this is sort of I, I see it's the only strategy we really have. Right, it's the, it's the only thing, it's the only viable option we have going yeah, forward. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Some, sometimes, warfare, sometimes with international relations, there is only one reasonable solution, and you have to take everything else off the table uh, if it's going to lead to a place that's going to only inflame the situation, and we don't want to inflame right. it. So, m- moving on, we can talk. We're going to talk about the um, um, the criticism being leveled at, at Biden from both the left and, and the, the, the right. I call them the left and the right, but they're not. They're basically almost the same thing now. They're, they're sort of the, the, the political fringes. Um, I wrote about this uh, on the banter this week uh, for, for free, so people, you can read that. Um, and at, if you look at what's happening on, the, on the, basically the alt-left and the alt-right, uh, they, they, it's pretty much the same talking points, right? That that this is all the West's fault. That Biden is terrible. Biden is doing a bad job. He, whatever Biden does, is wrong. Biden's responsible for uh, what's happening now with with Russia and Ukraine. Um, and instead, we should be focusing on everything wrong the West has done, which is yeah, essentially. It, it, it's it's a little worse than that because, where whereas like the GOP. Right. They they got up and they applauded when um, Biden was talking about how we need to resist Russia. I mean, there's some of them that have that, you know, like um, was it uh, Bobert and uh, Marjorie Greet, whatever her name is, uh, Marjorie, three names. She you know, they, they've been Marjorie heckling. They were, yeah, they, they were heckling and blah, blah, blah. But for the most part, the, the Republican Party was backing Biden at least at the State of the Union, when he was talking about how they had to need to stand with Ukraine and, you know, they had to uh, uh, oppose Russia. But, you know, when you on Fox News, they've been very pro-Putin. But the entire alt-left has been screaming at the top of their lungs since this started that Russia is not to blame in any way, shape, or form, and it's all our fault. They've been extremely consistent about that. Republicans kind of went back and forth. They weren't quite sure what to do because Trump was on a Putin side and then he kind of wasn't and they were waffling this and the other. The alt left has been straight across the board. Nope. Russia's fine. They're not doing anything wrong. Fuck America. And it's like, wow, that's impressive. Just unbelievably like just straight up going bashing the United States left and right. Everything's our fault. The whole thing is going on in Ukraine is you guys, you guys, you guys, and it doesn't matter what Russia does. It's not their fault. It's your fault. And it's like, okay, what? what hold on. But you guys are, you hate oligarch, you hate oligarchs, you hate imperialism. This is both, and you have no problem with it. How do you justify that? How how does that even work? There's, there's absolutely no consistency whatsoever. There's no intellectual consistency in the slightest bit. It's just unbelievable to watch. Yeah, and it, 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 I'd say, you know, Glenn Greenwald, Matt Taibbi, um, Tulsi Gabbard, these kind of, these figures now make up the, 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 the old left have, um, it, it's been interesting watching them. I mean, we talked about this last week about like Ty, Matt Taibbi, 
who basically just laughed at all the US intelligence reports about about um, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, even though you could see all the images, like they were publishing the images of Russian troops on the border, right? Like, yeah, and could, he, they were right about everything. Yeah, they were right about absolutely everything, everything. that they was right. And so, like Matt Matt uh, Taby apologized to his his readers, saying, um, you know, that hey, I got this wrong. I was so focused on Western chauvinism that I forgot, I forgot to. Uh, think about Putin being an absolute bastard, right? And then um so we gave him praise last week. We said, you know, to, you know, good Bob, I think you were didn't, didn't you you were you were praised Ivy and said it was big of him. And uh, as yeah. we all did. Uh and then, <laughs> and then a few days Stupid later Stupid me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. later, what were we thinking? <laughs> comes out with another with another piece basically saying, actually no, I was right all along and it was all the West's fault. And our, our, you know, Putin was a—he was our bastard, and then it turns out he's just a bastard. Um, with a kind of, with a very kind of revisionist history, it's too boring to go into. He writes these excruciatingly long essays. Whenever he's caught in something, you know, clearly wrong, he goes to great lengths um, to kind of weave fantastic tales about why he was actually right. He's done this with Russia Gate. He's, which he still talks about, right? He's still banging on about being right about Russiagate, even though, like, he was wrong. And almost everybody kind of now understands that, you know, the, the Trump administration had extremely clear ties with very shady Russian figures um, during the 2016 election, right? We, we all know this, right? Uh, but so he penned this essay basically saying I was right, um, Greenwald didn't even bother apologising for getting it spectacularly wrong. I mean, there's nobody who's like Green Greenwald got it wrong. He, it was like almost hilarious how how badly he got this wrong. But he's still just been talking about you know how evil the West is and this is like we're being fed propaganda and actually like you know they shut down RT um, and everyone's crying about them shutting down a Russian propaganda network. So it's it's sort of you yeah, see, it's, yeah. It's kind of it's just like sort of deranged, really, to 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 watch this happening. Where it's, I mean, my argument this week on the banter was, it's a form of like navel gazing, you know, it's narcissism, where any com every you're so bound to your ideology or you're bound to your talking points or whatever cause you have that whatever happens, you have to then fit that to your own narrative. So don't worry about the facts. Don't worry about the evidence. Just instead, you've got some talking points, and and let's somehow try to fit that into your into whatever is happening, right? So it's like you're seeing on the kind of conspiracy theory or in conspiracy theory circles, this is now just big media lying to you. Like while Ukrainians are being literally slaughtered on live television, you know they're all yeah. banging, they're still banging on about <laughs> CNN and and the mainstream media is lying to you and blah 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 blah. It's like, guys, just put down your talking points for one minute and, and have a look at what's happening. Yeah, right? that's the thing. That's the problem with uh, this branding, this social media branding that everyone sort of clings to. Uh, Glenn Greenwald has his branding, and he can't deviate from the brand. We saw this for four years with Donald Trump. Donald Trump refused to ab abandon his brand. Uh, under any circumstances we see that on fox news all the time they're always people who have this uh this intellectual dishonesty 
in in favor of continuing to reinforce their online brand there there's no nuance in what they're saying they're going to pump every news event through the filter of whatever their thing is whatever their chief take is and with glenn greenwald it's United States and the West, always bad, always doing shitty things to the world. So they're going to push everything through that prism. Fox News, they're going to take the Ukraine situation, whatever news story comes down the pike, they're going to filter it through. Joe Biden is a mumbly, incompetent old man. I mean, that's going to be their thing. You know, if it's Katanji Brown Jackson, it's, oh, it's got to be affirmative action, the reason that she's, you know, received this nomination. You know, and that's the danger of the times we live in right now. No one's able to look at an issue and see it for what it is. They always have to apply that uh, brand to everything. And so, you know, viewers, followers, etc., are seeing a skewed perspective on the world that uh, is completely disconnected from reality. Yeah. Well, Jeremy Scahill from. Go ahead. Okay, I'm going to do Tucker Carlson and then Justin, you're going to jump in with Jeremy Scahill, right? Because it's pretty much the same yeah. thing, but from different sides of the world, right? Okay, uh, so so look, this is Tucker Carlson this week. Tucker Carlson, uh, you know, he realized he's gone way overboard with his pro-Kremlin propaganda. So he's walked it back. And um, I want to read you, this is how he did it, right? He said, uh, this is him on his show this week. He said... Uh, um, he admitted uh, it was this was yesterday. He admitted that he'd been wrong about about the Russian invasion of Ukraine. He said this this situation appears to become more chaotic by the day, possibly even spinning out of control. And that we must be honest is shocking to us. We've been taken by surprise by the whole thing. We're not the only ones who were, but we're willing to admit it. The only thing more embarrassing than being wrong in your estimates is pretending that you weren't. Okay, so far so good. He's apologizing for having completely botched this. Sounds reasonable. Okay. Uh, Then he continues. Why didn't we see this coming, this total loss of control? Well, because we assumed that if things were dire, serious people would be involved in fixing them. But we looked up and we saw Kamala Harris involved, and that reassured us. In the future, if the future of Europe and the world hung in the balance, as now so obviously it does, of course the Biden administration would not have sent Kamala Harris to fix it. That is absolutely not Kamala Harris's job. That was our assumption, but as noted, we were wrong. So, um, yeah, blame a black woman, um, basically. Okay, yeah, is, yeah. Uh, okay. No, no massage wrong, noir there. Totally... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have a look yeah. at well, a, yeah, as I said, all this comes down to is they're going back to the old trope. They're saying that, you know, black people are nominated for higher posts in government in this case. It's because of affirmative action. You know, the reason uh, Katanji yeah. Brown Jackson got into Harvard Law was because of affirmative action overcoming her LSAT scores. You know, that's his theory. I'm not saying that that's why. I'm just saying that's his theory. That's what this is the white hands ad. Remember that ad for Jesse Helms back in the day, oh, back in right. the 1980s, where it was, uh, you know, a camera shot of two white hands rubbing together and kind of shuffling through, you know, a, a, a pink slip and some overdue bills. And and basically the, th- the idea was 
black people are doing that to you, white man. <laughs> black people are the reason why you lost your job and you have all these bills and the economy sucks, etc. And and mm. so this is the same kind of thing. This is still this is an extension of that idea. Like, oh, you know what? It's a black person taking a white person's job. And the reason they're taking a white person's job or a white person's slot at Harvard Law, it's because of affirmative yeah. action. It's because, you know, the government or wokeness has said that uh, we need to just hand out to black people uh, advantages that white people don't have. Rather than the fact that Katanji Brown Jackson got into Harvard Law, became the editor of the Harvard Law Review, just like Barack Obama, through fucking merit because she earned it and she deserved it. And, uh, but this is the idea. This is Tucker Carlson telling his white audience to hate Katanji Brown Jackson because she didn't get into Harvard Law on the square or whatever the whatever is whatever he's saying. Immensely, immensely racist. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, now, if you uh, want to talk about trotting, no, if you if you want to if you if you want to talk about trotting out the oldies but goodies, then you have Jeremy Scahill doing the same thing for the left. He he didn't say he didn't have anything to say about Russia invading Ukraine for an entire week, and then he jumps out with a whole tweet thread, a few thoughts about the issue of Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the credibility of the U.S. and NATO. And then he goes into a whole thing about the bombing of Serbia in the 90s and how, you know, it's just like what Russia is doing now. And I thought that was a little odd. It's like, why did he go back to the 90s? If anything, this would be more similar to when the United States invaded Iraq. You know, that was pure imperialism. It had, you know, it was based on lies. We invaded because it was a war of aggression, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And... Someone was, you know, a bunch of people on Twitter pointed out, like, we started bombing Serbia because we were trying to stop a genocide. And it was like, yeah, that really is quite different than what's going on in Russia and Ukraine right now. And then I thought about it for a second. It's like, yes, but the Iraq war was started by Bush, who was a Republican. Yeah, of course. But when, yeah. we, bombed, but when we bombed Serbia, that was Bill Clinton. And the left hate the, the the far left hates the Clintons more than life itself. So if you want to bitch about something, you want to make sure you don't bitch about Republicans. You want to bitch about the Clintons and Democrats. That's the only reason you would go back to Serbia. Yeah. It's the only reason. It's it doesn't so make any bad. other sense otherwise. It's but so that's what he did. Boring. <laughs> it's so boring, and it's so it's so predictable, and just intellectually dishonest. Oh, and he doesn't, he doesn't mention anywhere in his entire thread about how we did all these terrible things when we bombed Serbia. He doesn't mention anything about the fact that we bombed them because they were murdering hundreds of yeah. thousands of Muslims. He completely left that part out. Right. By right. accident, you, I'm sure. Right. And you can disagree, you know, you, there was room to disagree with, with, um, with, uh, Bill Clinton's foreign policy. I, th I think that he made mistakes. Um, you know, I, I don't think, uh, and a lot of Democrats were, you know, went along with the Iraq war. You know, Joe Biden went along with the Iraq war. I don't agree with him on that. I think he's learned from it, I, you know, but I, I don't agree. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's one of the one of the worst, you know, parts of his of his political career was that. Like, there are some mm. things that Joe Biden's done I don't, I don't like at all. 
Um, but it's just being honest about it. It's just being honest about it and not painting them to be these cartoonish villains. Um, uh, you know, and that's the thing with the far left is that they they a you know portray centrist Democrats as being these cartoonish villains, and b completely gloss over like genuine psychopaths uh, in in um, in in power, which are you know the Republican Party. And then now they're Putin apologists. Now they won't even dare talk about Vladimir Putin and all the crimes going on in Ukraine, which without is astonishing. Ma- it's just it's just it's just so intellectually dishonest. Why you know? I, I anyway. Um, the guys are both sides. Bob, I think you've just done your both sides, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it, was, it was all about uh, Tucker the fucker. Yeah, it was. You know, that was going to be my both sides. Because uh, I assure you, if there was a, you know, if the Republicans nominated a black woman, we wouldn't be screaming affirmative action. That's uh, that's all I have to say about that. Um, Justin, who do you have this week? All right. Uh, mine's a little bit different. It's not exactly a both sides. It's NBC News. Um, so um, wh- I'm sorry, not NBC News. Excuse me. Um, it was the New York Times. Uh, the New York Times, when Joe Biden was giving his uh, State of the Union, he said, our economy created over 6.5 million new jobs just last year. More jobs created in one year than ever before in the history of, of America. And for some reason, they felt the need to fact check that and said it was partially true. And their reason for this is Biden is correct on the numbers, but the government only started collecting this data in 1939. Now, to, for me, this is this is a both sides because they don't treat both sides the same way, right? Every every both sides both sides exaggerate to some degree, right? I mean, Republicans just flat out lie, but even when they're just exaggerating a little bit, they don't get treated the same way. Like if Trump had said this, it would not have been fact checked this way. They would have been like, "Yeah, well, it's true," because it is. They would not have nitpicked it to death. I mean, this is nitpicking it. 1939 was the middle of the Great Depression. Before that, at that point in time, there were 130 million people in this country. There is literally no point before that where this country would have created 6.5 million jobs. It just would not have. It's not historically possible for us to have created 6.5 million jobs. You know, 80 years before that, there was like, 70 million people in this country. It just would not have happened. And yet they they felt the need to just make it partially true. Not even mostly true, partially true, which suggests that he was lying in some way. And they just had to do it. And they don't treat both sides this way. They only treat Democrats this way. And it drives me fucking crazy. This is the same this is the same newspaper that couldn't call Trump a liar for five years. It didn't matter what he said, they wouldn't call him a liar. But they could say this. They could they could nitpick this. They could split the hair so fucking fine it was like nuclear fission. But, <laughs> you know, there you are go. You, are, you, are you upset about it, Justin? Oh my god, you have no idea. Wait until yeah. we get to the jobs numbers. I, I don't... Wow. My head fucking exploded, and that was the end of my apartment. I have to repaint the place. But whatever. So go ahead. Do you want to talk about the jobs numbers now while you're on a roll? 
No, because I'm going to fucking hyperventilate if I talk about it right now. So give me a few seconds to calm down. <laughs> well, because then this is you got to you got to get it in there now, Justin, because I've got my both sides, and then we're moving to the members only stuff. Unless you want to go oh, off the right, members fine. section. Okay, so this morning the job numbers came out. Justin, U.S. economy adds 678,000 jobs in February, wow. beating experts' expectations and unemployment rate drops to 3.8%. Unbelievable. That's fucking amazing. If you look at the last 30 years of jobs numbers, this February in 2022 is the second highest number by far that we've ever had. The only year that has ever had a higher number was February of 2021, and that was when we were coming right out of the um, the Delta wave, right? When we had a whole huge wave of Delta that suppressed hiring. It ended, and then, boom, a whole bunch of people got hired. Jobs and businesses were like, holy shit, it's over finally. And they hired back a whole bunch of people, right? So artificially inflated. It's been a year since then. Omicron wave did not suppress hiring throughout the holidays. This is not an artificial inflation from suppressed numbers because of COVID. This is just an unbelievably large number of people hired because the economy is doing so well. Biden's economy is unbelievably fantastic. Great, huge numbers. Best in the last 30 years, possibly even further than that. I didn't bother going back any further. Okay? NBC News. Wages continue to rise, but gains have started to level off. Oh, fuck that. Couldn't fucking let it go. They just couldn't do it. They had to throw a fucking razor blade into the apple. They had to. God damn it. God fucking damn it. That just just infuriates me. And now you know why my apartment is now blood red and I have to repaint everything. I think we need to I'm blood red and brain matter gray. That Mine is my too. apartment. Marijuana before we do these podcasts, guys. It's a, I think we need to, particularly for the both sides. Um. <laughs> I'm going to start okay. plastering my apartment with fucking plastic so it just catches all the blood spray. It's ridiculous. Uh I'm sorry. Yeah, I no, agreed. Infuriating. Are you okay, Justin? Are you all right? Are you, are you... Okay, all right. Well, no, this will I, make I you happy. My blood pressure medication um, this... this morning. Okay, my, my both side. My both sides is uh, is our our good our good pal, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh... <laughs> this week, this week, um, he went. He a group of high school students. He was doing some. Um, press event at the university of south florida uh where and there were high school students there wearing face masks behind him and santis walks over to them looking like a bulldog being very pissed off and says he says you do not have to wear those masks i mean please take them off honestly it's not doing anything we've got to stop this covid theater so if you want to wear it fine but this is ridiculous and then sighed and then uh, such a piece of shit right what an asshole. I mean, dude, like your wife just got recovered from cancer. Okay. Like your wife would, would have been seriously compromised uh, while, while she was getting cancer treatment. People wearing masks are wearing masks, not just to protect themselves, to protect people like your wife, right? Who was, who, who could have died, right? Had she got co- contracted COVID while getting chemotherapy. Um, 
Also, how do you know that one of these kids doesn't have an autoimmune disease? How do you know one of these kids doesn't, you know, uh, isn't COVID positive? You don't know anything, right? Also, just, wow, dickhead. You're such a dickhead, right? And this guy is like, again, he, this is this is a GOP presidential contestant potential, right? He's one number of the, two after Trump. Yeah, right? And, and, and this is, you know... Do you would you ever see this kind of behavior from a Democrat? Ever? Never. And it would never be allowed. If he if a if a Democrat did, that would be the end of their career. Just terrible. Absolutely appalling. Right? Like if a Democrat walked up to a bunch of kids wearing MAGA hats and mm. said anything like that to them, that would be the end of their career. Yeah, of course. Of course. But you know, look, it's like it's this it's this anti-science um anti uh pro highly individualistic you know politicization of a virus uh, and look he's just milking it for for you know uh, for ratings right he knows that his base loves this he's no he he loves trolling liberals and being mean to kids um, it's the asshole olympics it's literally what i wrote about today yeah for this yeah, week, exactly. for today's article <laughs> i love that by the way it's the great asshole no, no, there is yeah. there is an asshole olympics going on with the with, with the republican party and ron DeSantis is, is 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 definitely up there and i just i don't get like the i don't know it, it just it's it's sickening it really is sickening in, in in any other you know look in the uk this guy would have you just couldn't get away with this in the uk but in America, it gets you, it makes you a presidential favorite. It makes you like a hot tip for 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 twenty twenty four is being a dick to kids for wearing a mask to protect themselves from a virus that's killed uh, a million people. I'm glad not all the kids took them off. I know some of them yeah. did, but some of them said, "Nah, I'm good," and left it no. on. It's like, oh, thank God. Just crazy, just crazy. Um, anyway, so there you go. That's. That's the show for today, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. In um, the members only section, we're going to. Oh, the main topic of conversation is going to be about uh, my time uh, in Russia today, where I was, for a couple of years, I was invited every week, uh, almost without fail, on Russia Today. And I met all. I met, I, I'm still friends with many of the people who are, who are at the Russia Today studio in Washington, D.C. Uh, from about you know about eight eight ten years ago, and um, it's interesting. I've got some interesting stories to tell. Uh, in Russian, and, right? You're going to be telling them in Russian. Yeah, I'm going to be telling them in Russian. But like awesome. how when I kind of figured out what was happening, right? And 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 it was pretty. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Uh, what happened? Like I when I figured out like what this was really about, I didn't really understand it until a couple of years in, and I was like, okay, this is not good. I shouldn't be here anymore. So um, we're going to talk about that then. Uh, thank you for everybody for listening. If you'd like to listen to the members only show, uh, just become a member. Uh, you can get you can get fifty percent off a banter membership, and you could listen to the entire show every week and get all of our premium articles and our letters to the editor feature, uh, and generally be a very good person. So um, <laughs> thank you, and we'll see you in the member section later. Take care.